WPLR HD2 New Haven, locally owned by Connoisseur Media, Southern Connecticut's news and information leader, WICC 600. Special report, coronavirus update. I'm Evan Haining. National reopening is underway, but that doesn't mean coronavirus is no longer a threat. Austin Mayor Steve Adler says Texas has seen its highest single-day leap in COVID-19 infections, and the numbers give him pause. We know for, for an absolute certainty that as you increase physical interactions between people, you are going to increase the number of new cases. Uh, it just happens. That's why everybody staying at home shut this thing down. The question is, are those new cases going to come at such a rate and such a pace that we put up, we're put on a path to, to overload our hospitals? That's what we can't let happen, and that's why we have to watch these numbers Daily. Well, the numbers are daunting. Nearly 90,000 deaths in the U.S., almost a third of a million Americans confirmed infected, worldwide 314,000 deaths. I'm Evan Haining. Tropical Storm Arthur is inching closer to the East Coast, although its impact is expected to be limited to minor flooding and rough seas along the North Carolina coast. In Los Angeles, several firefighters remain hospitalized after being injured by an explosion at a hash oil manufacturer that sent crews running for their lives. Correspondent Paul Verkamen spoke with some firefighters on the scene. They said that the Inferno at one point was a 30-foot-tall blowtorch of flame. They don't know yet what caused this fire. Now, this business, Smoke and Tokes, is described as a honey oil business or cannabis oil or hash oil. They say it was filled with butane. That's highly flammable. With fewer people driving, gas prices are way down. AAA says the national average for regular is $1.89 a gallon. I'm Evan Haney. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit GiveWestwood.org, GiveWestwood.org. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-466-9625. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-466-9625. Your freedom ends where my nose begins is not the message Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar delivered on CNN's State of the Union when talking about viral videos of crowded bars as the economy reopens. I think in any individual instance, you're going to see people uh, doing things that are irresponsible. That's part of the freedom that we have here in America. Uh, We can give guidance, as the Surgeon General did. Uh, Part of this is going to be if you're in crowded areas and if you're in an area that has ongoing spread of community spread of disease, there's steps you should take. That's where our guidance is there for, and we count on local leaders to implement and interpret that according to the local situation. But we've got to get this economy and our people out and about 
working, going to school again, because there are serious health consequences to what we've been going through. Well, the economy continues to be hit hard. About 48 states are reopening now. I'm Evan Hayman. While you can't believe everything on social media these days, you can believe it's possible to start a new life as an IT pro in as little as four months from the comfort of your own home, even if you have zero computer experience. Instead of waiting to see what happens when life gets back to normal, take control of your future now. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. Live online classes meet just twice a week. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. For small business owners, it's not business as usual. Amid the crisis, you're looking for answers, solutions, help. We see you. We hear you. We have something for you. CNBC.com slash small business. The latest on relief programs, loan forgiveness, tax help, and state-by-state updates. Protect your business. Get advice. We're here to help. Go to CNBC.com slash small business. Sweet strawberry icing. You were strolling along in goodwill when just past that mid-century side table and denim jacket you spotted them, nestled in their display case. Miniature donut earrings. Oh, yes. Yes. Your favorite half-breakfast pastry, half-all-day dessert food made into your favorite form of ear candy. Oh, my. Those bejeweled sprinkles have satisfied some unknown hunger within you. You smell that. That's the sugary scent of shopping success. For this is goodwill. And with every item you buy, you fund local job training and more. So go forth. Bring home those donut earrings. And bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill. Bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. The following program is paid for by LMT Consulting, LLC, who is solely responsible for its content. Own Your Truth with life strategist Laura T. Real advice for regular people. Now, here's Laura. Hello and welcome to Own Your Truth, where we're talking real advice for regular people. I'm Laura T. Thank you so much for listening. I know there's lots of ways you can spend your time, and I'm grateful you're going to spend the next hour with me. Okay, so tonight I have a returning guest who happens to be one of my most favorite people and my daughter, Taylor T. Taylor and I were talking last week about the show and sort of brainstorming some topic ideas. And she said, what if you talked about all the beliefs people have that aren't really true? And I loved this concept. So I asked her, like, what kind of beliefs do you have in mind? Without hesitation, she said, how about the belief people, especially parents, have about applying to college? I think it's making more kids more stressed. And she didn't have to say anything else. I jumped on the topic. And so tonight, we're going to explore the question, do parents really know best? So given the inspiration for the show, Taylor and I came up with three big myths commonly held by parents of high school students. So myth number one is getting into college is hard, meaning that it's a difficult process. Um, Myth number two is good grades are most important. Uh, 
Myth number three is your major gets you a good job. These are the things that I hear when I'm talking with parents whose kids are currently going to college and Taylor's a junior. So um, it's a topic that's coming up more and more often with my group of friends. So we're going to talk about those three myths. And then when we wrap up tonight's show, we're going to I'm going to have an open ended conversation with Taylor about areas in her life. She believes I don't know best. I have to admit, I'm a little nervous for this part because remember, this is live radio and Taylor and I haven't really talked about the answer that she'll be giving. So it'll be an interesting conversation. If you saw her face right now, you'd know she's loving this. Mm-hmm. Are you? <laughs> Are you liking this, Taylor? Yes, I'm very excited. Awesome, awesome. Okay. So one thing that I want to say to all of our listeners is keep in mind, although we're talking about myths for high school students, regardless of the age of your student, or even if you don't have students, we all have these beliefs that we live by. Many of them serve us, and an equal number of them actually hold us back. So think in your life, do you have beliefs that you're passing on to your kids that may not serve you or even them? That they could be things that are holding you back. And even if you don't have kids, where are your your own beliefs preventing you from getting to that next level, for reaching that big goal? Okay, Taylor, before we talk more about tonight's topic, tell um, our awesome Own Your Truth listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, you did most of it. Um, (laughs) I'm a junior, and I'm kind of going into this college process a little confused, and then there's a lot to be done, I guess. I still have so much work to put in and so many more tests to take, um, and I haven't even started the application process. Um... But it is a huge part of the high schooler's life, which is, what are you going to do next? Like, that's what everyone's focused on, that idea that, you know, you need to make sure you're going places, and that's what college does for you. Um, And so it's really important, and I feel like I have this uh, ability, which I can kind of choose my future, choose where I want to go and what I want to do, and and that's really important for sure. And so... so Let's dive into the topic and especially um, myth number one. You know, getting into college is difficult. So I'm going to share some some statistics I learned in looking up this information. And then I want to hear your thoughts on it, Taylor. I want to hear what you're thinking. Okay. So one in this getting into college is hard is like something that i hear a, f- a lot from parents interesting information i discovered is according to the fall 2018 american freshman survey done across the country with more than a th- 100,000 respondents the majority of students are accepted by their first choice institution or are attending their second or third choice An exact quote from the report says, despite the frenzy portrayed in popular media about increasing competitiveness of college acceptances, in reality, over three quarters of students are accepted by their first choice institution. The exact number they gave is 77.4%. And nearly all students are attending one of their top three choice institutions. And that number is as high as 94.8%. Another interesting fact shared by the State of College Admissions Report, which is put out by the National Association of College Admissions Counseling, is there is no definite plan or specific combination of factors that will guarantee a student admission to their preferred institution. 
In addition to considering the merits of each applicant, most universities also consider the composition of the entering class as a whole in order to ensure a diverse group of students with a variety of academic and extracurricular interests that will enrich the campus experience. So I heard these and they were kind of a shock to me. Um, And especially that second one, there seems to be like this notion, there's a formula for getting into college. And this basically throws that formula out the window. What do you think, Tay? Well, obviously the college process is difficult. It is a lot of work. But the myth that, um, you know, you, you'll never be able to get into that dream school. Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to, you know, go where you want to go. You're going to have to choose somewhere nearby and close. I just, I don't know. I, I, all my friends have done so well and surpassed their beliefs, I mean, beyond imaginable. Like, I cannot believe all the people I know who are going to great schools and they they worked hard and they went through the process but there's just this societal thing that like you know you can't do it you're not going to be able to achieve this and it's it's so wrong and it's driving kids to to as we talk about later to cheating and stuff like that that it's just it's not fair because it's so much stress that that doesn't need to be there at all so I'm going to reference, and I hope you don't mind, um, back to your freshman year, and it was right before your first midterm, and you went, it was a science midterm, and you didn't do well. Yes. What, do, you, do you remember how you were feeling? I don't want to tell the story. Like, do you remember how you were feeling at the time? Well, yeah, it was my bio midterm, and I got no sleep because I was so stressed out, and I was a little freshman, and nobody really told me what it was going to be. I just figured it was going to be the end of my life. (laughs) And so I studied till like one in the morning and I woke up at six and it was like five hours of sleep. I was exhausted and I freaked out. Like I froze and I, I failed it. Yeah. (laughs) I I think it it was a D, but for you, yeah, that was failing. Well, emotionally I I feel that sense. (laughs) Um, and it meant nothing. I ended Mm -hmm. the year with an A minus and really thought nothing of it afterwards. And it kind of, you know, situations like that, it really makes me more resilient because even geometry that year, I would cry during my tests. And now if there's a test that I'm not thinking I'm doing so well on, I just kind of sit back and I'm like, all right, what I do wrong? Let's <laughs> fix this because I don't want it to happen again. Because <laughs> it happens. Sometimes you just do really bad. But I think over time, if you're doing it correctly, which is studying and working hard and it not going well, and then studying even harder and doing better, that's what that's what's supposed to happen, and that's hard work. And that's going to lead you to success, for sure. Awesome, awesome. I, I remember you saying, uh, I'm never going to get into a college. <laughs> I mean, that was the feeling. And I'm like, wait a second, you're just a freshman. But I know that um, kids don't believe that parents know best. And so mm. it, you did not uh, hear those words, which was fine. Um, so so are you nervous? So this idea for you about getting into your top school or schools, are you nervous about that? I am nervous. It's like you were talking about before. They just defer random people who could be great. It's just there's no there's no formula. And so it's kind of just it's really numbers based for the schools and it's percentages, what types of students we need, blah, blah, blah. They get it done. Um I am nervous, but I'm, I know I'll end up where I want to be, and um, I've worked really hard my high school career. I've gone through a lot 
you know, a lot of hard tests, <laughs> a lot of hours working, and I'm really hoping that'll pay off, but I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. I may be I may be upset about what happens and it's just finding that perfect place, you know, which I I really I really think I will for sure. And so tell me kind of in wrapping up this myth, um, what advice do you have for students and parents about the idea of getting into college is hard? Well, obviously, I I haven't gotten into college yet. So, I mean, I I know better as a senior, but just to even freshmen or underclassmen who are thinking, oh, if I fail this test, you know, I'm not. It's it's not like that at all. It trust me, it it really means nothing because if you work hard by the end of the year, you'll have the grade you want. You'll have the grade you deserve 100 percent. Like, no doubt about it. And so um, I think it's just not to get discouraged um, because based on these stats and based on what I've seen from, I mean, so many people I know, so many people, they've gotten into schools they've wanted. So many people. So you're encouraged by that? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I don't know. We'll see. Awesome, and for our listeners, we'll keep you we'll keep you posted uh, as we go down this this path. All right, we're going to take a brief commercial break, and then we're going to talk about grades and how important are they really. Stay tuned for more. Own your truth with Laura T. For small business owners, it's not business as usual. Amid the crisis, you're looking for answers, solutions, help. We see you. We hear you. We have something for you. CNBC.com slash small business. The latest on relief programs, loan forgiveness, tax help, and state-by-state updates. Protect your business. Get advice. We're here to help. Go to CNBC.com slash small business. While you can't believe everything on social media these days, you can believe it's possible to start a new life as an IT pro in as little as four months from the comfort of your own home, even if you have zero computer experience. Instead of waiting to see what happens when life gets back to normal, take control of your future now. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. Live online classes meet just twice a week. It's not rocket science. It's mycomputercareer.edu. We're back, and this is Own Your Truth with Laura T., and I'm here with my daughter, Taylor T., discussing the idea that maybe parents don't know best when it comes to their high school students. Even as those say those words, I'm like, what? Of course I know best. <laughs> um, before the break, we talked about getting into college, and is it really hard? And now we're going to talk about grades. So myth number two that Taylor and I came up with is good grades are most important. And so I'm going to share some Um, information that I discovered. There seems to be this huge emphasis on grades by both students and parents. And, you know, the question becomes, is it creating the result we really want? Um, Again, there's some interesting research on the subject, and I wasn't even aware that this existed. Uh, There's a gentleman by the name of Dennis Pope. He's a senior lecturer at Stanford University and author of the book Overloaded and Underprepared. Um, He has national and local studies that show performance pressure and robo-students are creating widespread disengagement, lack of creativity, 
inability to solve complex problems, and students are not prepared with 21st century skills. He explains, many students and parents feel they have no choice. They believe the prospect of a good education and future employment and security are at risk if they don't, and this was in context, maintain crazy schedules and, you know, with this emphasis on grades. So I thought that piece of information was interesting. Meanwhile, on a separate but related note, the International Center for Academic Integrity surveyed more than 70,000 high school students at over 24 high schools in the United States and discovered 64% of students admitted to cheating on a test, 58% admitted to plagiarism, and 95% they said they participated in some form of cheating. So that would be either cheating on a test, plagiarism, or even copying homework. All right, Tay, how important... Uh-oh, she giggles. I don't want to know. Actually, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, how important are good grades to you? Um, I think I think they're really important. And I don't know. The fact that I think we kind of emphasize grades on the importance of a person or what that person can amount to, that's what I feel is really the problem. But I like to hold myself to high standards. I like to succeed. I want to see myself, you know, getting good grades. Um, I'm going to admit, I'm not a saint with this stuff. I <laughs> I want to get good grades. Um, I'm not going to pretend that, like, oh, you know. I just, I think it's that we focus so much on it to the point where people like feel worthless that they they don't get a grade on a test or they're never gonna be anything with you know if they don't have a grade that they think you know they deserve and then it comes to the issue with teachers and students where students will be like I don't think you gave me the grade that I deserve and that's a whole situation that like is totally crazy which teachers and explain hey you did this wrong and students are like what I deserve an 100 and I should get this and it's very complicated it's very complicated <laughs> we have no idea what teachers want from us really they have their own mental rubrics and we kind of think we've done enough and sometimes we don't but you know I've just found that studying hours upon hours it it will get you good grades and just to not focus so much on like completion like like robo students that's something that I've especially in the online learning has kind of been a crutch where I'm just kind of doing the work copying pasting doing whatever to just kind of get it done that's kind of been a really bad habit and then there's the whole senioritis situation which is also you're not a senior yet can I, know, I remind you <laughs> I know I haven't even experienced it yet but I'm sure that's going to be great <laughs> well so so in kind of staying with this idea um, on grades and yeah. knowing that they are important to you how do you help uh, what advice would you have in helping students kind of maintain that balance where, you know, I living with you, I know you do have a, a high standard uh, and we'll talk about the cheating in a minute. Um, but but I know you do have a high standard. How do you keep a high standard but not get down on yourself when you don't get the grade that you want? Yeah, it's that's that's kind of the hardest part, at least for me. Because, once again, you think you've done everything. I'm ready. I'm prepared. And then you get in there, and it's just not what you thought at all. And that can be such a heartbreaker. Like That's the worst thing ever. Um, and so it's, it's kind of difficult because you're kind of thinking, you know, oh, I studied so much. I deserve this. 
and then when you get back you know, 60 or below, it makes you want to give up. Like, mm-hmm. Kim, I went through a time where I was like, I can't do this. I'm just going to sit in class and not do anything and take 30-minute bathroom breaks because mm-hmm. I give up. I give up. I've done everything. And then it, for me, it came down to real communication. Like, I wasn't really having a click with my teacher, I guess. Um, and it was tutoring that genuinely saved me because she taught in such a different way and it was visual. And it's really just coming up with new options to to learn better because you think you're doing it right and sometimes it's it's not clicking and you think it is. And so find study groups, find people to work with because, you know, you never know how a change in teaching could could help you because that that saved my chem grade. It's, <laughs> it saved me. <laughs> well, and, and with that particular class, you had a chemistry teacher you liked very much. Her style of teaching wasn't a match yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. I love and, her. And so, and so it was finding alternative resources and putting in the work. So let me ask you about this piece on cheating. Have you ever cheated before? Are you really going to make me admit this on the radio? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that even for really committed students, which you are, I think it's important to know that sometimes even really great committed students have lapses in judgment. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. There have been occasions, probably, um, I don't remember all of them kind of gone <laughs> I hope by. There's not and so many you don't oh. remember all of them. <laughs> okay, well, also, this has sometimes happened where I've cheated and it actually has made me done worse. Like, it's worse probably karma that. because <laughs> I'll, you know, I don't know, whip my phone out or something in the middle of a. So, <laughs> if you saw my face right now, I'm cringing. Okay, I'm cringing. Well, and, and I've done bad. I've done bad. So then I'm kind of sitting here, I'm like, okay. Let's not do that again. That was <laughs> stupid and reckless and not worth it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, and cheating, re- it genuinely shows how much we were like, grades, you need to get good grades. And and then as stu- I don't really think you can blame us, to be honest, because as teachers are sort of getting less connected to us sometimes, I, especially professors, I feel like, we're kind of sitting here, we're like, what are we supposed to do? oh, I guess I'll just take the easy road and look at someone else's test or look it up or something like that. And it, okay, it definitely is a little bit of our fault in a way. I thank you for taking personal responsibility. But it's the societal push, you know, that that pressure um, that we have to have A's. That's just something that we need to do. I don't know. It, it's It's definitely pressure, but I don't know. Yeah, and as as a parent, I worry about that. I have friends who are professors in college, and they're saying that um, kids are cheating. It's and, so bad. And, it's so bad. And parents are defending their students. Um, on the time where you cheated and I knew about mm. it, did <laughs> I defend you? No. No? I had to clean desks. and No, it, cheating doesn't put me in a very good state. I get really upset about it. I'm like, oh God, I feel so guilty. And no, it's definitely not often, but it's, it's a bad habit. Like people will fall into it and it's really bad because once like the harder the class gets, I feel like sometimes people just get so lazy where they're just copying other people's homework and getting the old tests from somebody else or something like that. 
it's crazy. I mean, it really comes down to that A. I want that A. And what am I going to do to get that A? It makes me sad as a parent because I see there's a loss for the love of learning. That it's yeah. no longer about learning oh, yes. learning yeah. the subject matter. And high school is a little different than college, but that, you know, the habits you create now are those that you take into college. And, you know, as a parent, I sit back and I say, you know, I know for us, we've talked about grades aren't important. It really is the work ethic and yeah. the effort. Because as you get older, there will be so many times where you put in the effort and you don't get the outcome. Right. So whether, you know, you're in a job and you've worked on a project and then the project doesn't get funded or, you know, you start to build a business and the business fails. I mean, that's life and it happens. And I think it's so important for students to experience that failure young so that you can come up with the various coping mechanisms uh, as an adult. And anything I've like used resources on that I wasn't supposed to, I never look back and I'm like, wow, I'm so proud of my work or Mm. somebody else's work that I used, my homework or something like that. Like that's well, I'm most proud when I study six hours in one night and I get an A. I'm like, there we go. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You never feel pride after you cheat. I mean, it's it's pretty pointless. It's not it's not the same feeling as you know working really hard and getting a result that you want. So you know that's one part of it that I think is not worth it at all. So if you were to give parents advice, if they sort of moved away from an emphasis on grades, what do you think parents should emphasize on with their kids? Trust and and owning up to, like, responsibility, you know? Because I feel like a lot of kids, they never see where they're wrong. And there's laziness, too. It just becomes a habit where, like, you know, I deserve an A. That's just something that I... I need, you know, and I feel like parents should just have this trustworthy relationship where, like, I remember I was so guilty when I cheated in sixth grade (laughs) on that random Spanish test. I like, I told you, I was like, mom, I accidentally, I did this. Like, I'm so sorry. And then we had to figure that whole situation out. But it's like having that trust and, and owning up to your decisions, knowing that it should never put you in a good state of mind to do something like that. You know, it's, because it just shows later on, like, when you look at your A, you're not going to feel proud if it's not hard work. It's not mm-hmm. earned. Yeah. And I love that we have that type of relationship where you came, you come and talk to me about stuff and we kind of figure it out together and, yeah. and what to do. And um, and even that one, your teacher, you went back to your teacher and said that you should take the zero. And uh, your teacher was very impressed by that approach so I got a 50 instead <laughs> when when she deserved a zero so and the teacher yeah. said um because uh in 17 years she'd never had a student take full responsibility for cheating before that she would give taylor a zero a 50 instead of a zero <laughs> because it was easier to work up from a, a 50 and then what happened with your end grade you were so close to the a minus what did happen i forget you you said it hurt you more to get the 50 because you were so close to an A minus. You were like 0.03 from an A minus at the end of the year. And it was because of that one oh, test. Oh, dang. Yeah. I mean, overall, I'm not a saint, right? We all go to crutches. And I think it's really just when you look back, like, are you going to be proud of cheating on something or working hours on it? Because I know I'm going to feel proud with hard work no matter what. Yeah. Grades matter most when you earn them. Yeah, for sure. 
I am loving this conversation, and we are going to come back to it after our Own Your Truths Musical Artist of the Week. So I featured this artist a couple of weeks ago, but we had some technical difficulties at the station, and the show didn't get recorded, and so he wasn't able to hear it live. So I wanted to feature him again. Our featured artist of the week is Rob Morton. What I love most about Rob's story is he spent 20 years in advertising while music and guitar stayed in the background as a hobby. And he only did it when he had time. Suddenly, he was faced with life events that made him realize music was vital to who he was as a person. And at 45, he decided he needed to record an album. This message is so important for today's students and for us adults. It's easy to believe we'll have plenty of time to fulfill our passions and live our dreams. But the truth is, we are only guaranteed today. I hope Rob's story in this song, Just One More Day With You, inspires you to follow your heart. Running in their windless races Reading lifelines in their hands The planning out of all their plans I wish they could just stop and see What wonder's like with you and me I wish I could just make them feel The way I feel when I am here with you With you Just one more day with you Filling up their calendars But who knows if they'll get that far The future's merely a loose plan Guaranteed to not one man So I want you to hear me say I'm grateful for this day today I'll get on my guitar and play And ask you for just one more day Just one more day with you One more day to sit a while One more time to see you smile Just one more day with you One more day to make no plans To lock your fingers in my hand The one thing about today Is you make everything seem okay I know perhaps this sounds cliche, but I swear I haven't seen one cloud that's the one thing about today is the perfect music always plays. So can I have just one more day as we sing our two-part harmonies? We're singing. We can meet one more long walk down the street Just one more day with you One more lazy afternoon One more night to see the moon And if I find myself lucky enough To wake up tomorrow with you Then I'll have to ask 
for a final request. One last thing I need from you. Can I have just one more day with you? One more simple photograph. One more day to hear you laugh. Just one more day with you. One more time to touch your face. One more extra long embrace. Just one、I、more day, day with you. Seem okay. I know perhaps this sounds cliche, but I swear I haven't seen one cloud. Just one more day with you. Music always plays. So can I have just one more day as we sing our two-part harmonies? Just one more day with you. The one thing that I'll ever need is one more day with. You and me. Welcome back. You are listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T. And tonight, my guest is my daughter Taylor T. Listen, if you enjoyed Rob as much as I do, you can find him on Instagram and Facebook at Rob Morton Music. I will post the link to both his Facebook page and Instagram on my website so that you can enjoy his music. Um, ongoing, he's really fabulous, and he plays all around Fairfield County. So, during the past two years, I've been blessed to be connected to musicians around the state. Obviously, there are a lot of people who could use our support these days. Please remember to include our local talent among them. While they aren't able to play live in venues, many are playing all nine. If you hear something you enjoy, make a comment and spend the money to buy their music or attend one of their live online shows. It's the least we can do to help them while they help us get through these changing times. Now, back to the show. For those of you just joining us, it's own your truth with Laurie, and tonight we're talking about how sometimes parents don't know best. We've covered two of our three myths: getting into college is hard, and grades matter. Now let's talk about myth number three: your major gets you a good job. Again, some interesting information that I discovered in prepping for the show. According to the publication Inside Higher Ed and a study done by MC, a labor analytics firm, the first three jobs held by graduates show career pathways are kind of a swirl rather than this straight line. So, outside of a few majors like engineering and software development,、um, most graduates. Don't work in their field of study, and actually, the numbers、uh, are as low as twenty-seven percent of college graduates work in a field related to their major. I found that absolutely fascinating, and yet、um, I share a story. When I was working with my alma mater, I was teaching a class to seniors, and I use this assessment that helps students understand their behavioral tendencies. And what the assessment does is it has you see like how you naturally show up and ways in which you adapt. Your behavior, and so I was talking to these students, and、um, after class, a student had come up to me, and she said, "Listen, you know," she showed me her report and said, "My adapted style is very different from my natural style." And the first question kids usually ask me is, "Like, does that make me crazy?" I'm like, "No, it does not mean you're crazy." But what it did is it prompted me to ask her a couple of questions, and I said, "Is there any way anywhere in your world right now that、um, it?" 
it takes a lot of energy. You feel like um, it's unnatural. It's a little bit hard. And she said, without hesitation, she said, oh, I'm studying biology and I don't really like it. It's really hard for me. And she said, I'm not really doing that well. And I said, oh, that's interesting. What is it about biology that had you declare that as your major? And she said, my dad is a doctor and my sister is a doctor. And basically, I'm expected to be a doctor, too. I said, wow, if you weren't expected to be a doctor, what would you be studying? And she said, I'd rather be studying child psychology um, because I love working with kids. The interesting thing is based on her assessment results, it was easy to see that was a much more natural fit. Um, So I said to her, I said, well, have you talked to your dad about this feeling around biology? And she's like, no, 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 I can't do that. So I'm just going to stick with biology. And the conversation ended there. So it makes me sad to see students, and especially when I was going back to colleges and teaching seniors, how many students are already adapting their behavior to fit into a career path that they never chose, that it was something that, you know, they kind of, it ran in their family or their parents chose. Um, So Taylor, how do you feel? I know you're still a little bit away from declaring a major, but any thoughts you have around um, a major and if you think what you study will be what you work in the area in which you'll work? I think the most important thing is going into something that you're interested in and you know there's a few different situations when it comes to majors which is like one being you know that kind of forced this is a family thing you know we're all doctors something like that um and that can work for some people and like for your situation that you talked about it it will leave people miserable sometimes too not being able to study i mean it's hours of work and when it's involving something you don't want to do that that sucks i mean i would want to be able to learn something that I'm interested in and, and also the another situation which is you have no idea that totally makes sense I have no idea what I want to do and I still have a whole year to learn about that and so it's just take new classes take classes you might not be comfortable with because you never know what you're going to fall in love with like I'm interested in psychology but I haven't taken the class yet I don't even know if I'm going to like it you know we're going to find out mm-hmm. and so I think it really is that freedom of choice to choose your own path is most important because parents might say, oh, you're a kid. You, you can't choose for yourself. You know, what if you make a big mistake? And I think that's a risk worth taking because if you go into something you don't like it, I think there's an opportunity to be able to find something new. You know, I don't see a reason why you can't choose something you want to do because of your inexperience. We are inexperienced. We're teens. That's, that's basically what we're all about. And I think that that freedom of choice is what leads people to find new things and enjoy something that you might not think you're going to enjoy. So, I don't know. It's, there's a bunch of different situations, but I'm hoping to find something that I love, and I, I think I will. So were you surprised by that statistic that only 27% of uh, graduates use their major in their work? No. Really? Not at all. No. I think people will go into something that's kind of expected of them, you know, depending on like, oh, you're super smart, go into biology or engineering or whatever. Um, And it's also what a college that you may love offers, too, because sometimes Mm -hmm. if you fall in love with a campus and they've got a certain amount of you know, majors, that's might you might, you know, kind of force yourself to choose something for that school. There's, there's tons of different situations here. But um, just the idea that 
you might study something and it will have nothing to do with your job. I mean, I, th I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense a lot because just in a lot of normal occupations, you're not always using certain things that you learn in class. Like you're not always using algebra or I don't know. It, I just think if you're going to do a normal occupation, it doesn't always come down to what you learn in college. You might just find a job that, that maybe connects you, mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, when you go to a college, you say, hey, I went here. I went, I went here when you apply to a job. That can kind of lead you to an occupation if, you know, your boss went to your school. Right, yeah. something okay. like that. I think that makes more sense. Um, but majors, I don't know. People have a set path, and other people just kind of find something completely different. Like, what happened with you? Well, that's a great question. So I studied political science with a minor in journalism and mass communication. And I thought I was going to work in Washington, D.C. and I was going to go change the world. You did for a little bit. And I, I did for an internship. But um, ultimately, my first job out of college was fundraising for a small uh, university up in New Hampshire. And so it was not related to anything that I studied. But much to your point, you know, the the skills I learned, both writing skills, um, thought process, um, there was so much of what I learned in college sure. yeah. that I used, but I did not directly use my major. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So what advice would you give to parents um, to help them support students in, in the idea that they don't push their kids one way or another? Right. I don't not telling anyone how to parent or anything, but just from... from <laughs> but tell me how to parent, Tay. Okay, all right. <laughs> from, from my point of view, I'm pretty much undecided right now, and I don't find that <laughs> stressful at all. I think I'm going to find something, and I'm really hoping with the school that I go to, if I don't like it, I can, you know, switch into something else. But, um, you know, I might get stuck with something, and I've just got to push through it. You know, sometimes stuff happens like that. But that freedom of choice for me, I find, is relaxing. Like, this entire process is very stressful. And to have someone then tell you what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go, that that is a no-no for me. <laughs> I mean, I, I love that um, I can, you know, choose what I want to be interested in, um, something that may challenge me or something that I'm more natural to as well. Do you know students whose parents have sort of pushed them either to a major or to a college? For sure. Yeah, probably. Um, there's always like the family dynasty. Like, you know, you've got to go here. I went here. We've got connections, stuff like that. And sometimes school, college itself isn't even natural for some people. Mm. Some people like just really don't feel comfortable in that classroom where you're pushed to learn everything. And some people don't learn like that. They're not. That's such you know, a good point. Like for me, I'm. let's see how it goes. I love that up close learning and you know when I'm in a huge lecture hall I'm gonna probably have to rely on study groups and you know videos because that's something that I've always f found that helps me but I just feel like you you, you never want to be forced to do something because sometimes school doesn't even work for someone you know that's such a good point not everyone is meant to go to college yeah. and that should be see just that self-awareness should be seen as a gift i think for parents too and for parents to help kids explore you know what is the best route for each student right 
Great advice, Tay. Okay, so we're going to take another brief commercial break, and then we're going to come back, and Taylor and I are going to have an open conversation about areas of her life where I don't know best. Ah, <laughs> oh, my. Oh, she, mm. she's too happy about this. All right, so I need the break to sort of brace myself. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thanks for calling 1-800-GOT-JUNK. This is Sarah. How can I help? If we toss our junk out the door, can you pick it up from wherever it lands? Sure, we can do that. But if I want you to come inside and get my junk, you're not going to touch anything, are you? We touch only what you want to make disappear. We never get closer than six feet away and we'll be gone in the blink of an eye. If I send you photos of my junk, can you text me a removal price? Sure, we can do that. When you want junk to disappear, call 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Or visit 1-800-GOT-JUNK.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Own Your Truth with Laura T. I'm here with my special guest and daughter, Taylor T. And tonight we've talked about three common myths parents have about their high school students. And now we're having an open conversation about areas of life where Taylor believes I don't know best. I'm never sure where these conversations will go, but it's mm-hmm. important to have them. So, okay, I'm ready to hear. Uh, Taylor, lay it on me. Right. What area of life do you think I don't know best? I had to, I had to properly think about this, you know, come up with a, of a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that. glad you prepared. All right. It is, you think you read me better than you do. Ah, interesting. Okay, yeah. so tell me more about that. You, I think I read you better than I do. Okay. Yeah. Well, so like your line of work, you know, you're... You're so into, like, neurology and psychology, and you work with people all the time. And so it's kind of your job to read people, sort of. Um, and me being your daughter, it's it's a different situation than a client, obviously, because it's, you know, I'm with you all the time, and think, things are different in our situation at home, right? Um, but just in specific scenarios, if I come to you with something, um, maybe, like, a past situation might come up, and you kind of bring that to you know to this particular situation that it, it's they're not the same i don't know i'm not Kay. really explaining this right that's okay that's okay can you give a specific example all right okay the, this will I guess, give me some right. context we'll go into this one this the the new iphone situation oh goodness okay, okay. all right so, we're gonna air some dirty laundry here all right okay. new iphone situation this was an issue in our home yeah i just blabbed like random words for five seconds but okay so the iPhone situation. Yes, this is what I'm ta- this is what I'm talking about. Okay. So explain the situation to our listeners. I am quite persistent, could you say? Um and for Strong a while, willed is a yeah, word we use. Okay. For a while I had been requesting a new phone when I it's not like I didn't really need it. Just I had a six S, you know, was so out of style. Loser, you know. I have a six S, like it's so tiny and everyone Oh, once the X came out, everyone had the X and the swipey and I had the phone I had the home button. Like that is so 1980s and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> 1980s. <laughs> oh my. It's not. Um, I had this phone for so long. So at first I was complaining about it. Like just, you know, randomly every once in a while. I was like, I need a new phone, mom. This phone sucks. And just had, you know, little problems. And then things started going downhill and the phone literally stopped functioning. And so I kind of stole a different phone. It was ours, obviously. But it was like an old phone that no one had used. Um, it was from Taylor's grandmother. Yes, and it was a bigger phone. It was the same kind, version. Same version, yeah. But just uh, bigger and better. I don't know. <laughs> 
and um, I was like, I want this phone, and I kind of did everything I could to get the phone. I kind of kept it on the DL, didn't really say much, and then I just went up to mom one day. She went like, behind my back. And <laughs> oh, yes, I did. <laughs> and I took like, it. I was like, mom, here's the phone. I backed it up. All my stuff is on it. May I please have it? But it wasn't really that nice, I guess you could say. Right. Um, and I guess it was this stacking on, right? And we were kind of talking about like, it, me asking before I needed it. And then this time I really needed it, and you kind of came into that situation like, I think I was even told I was blamed for it being broken. For, for, for yes, breaking yes, her I previous phone. She was phone, picking guys. it apart. I, that was where I was like, girl, I did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not do that. And so it was, it was this head-on. We, were, we battled it out for a while where I was not getting that phone. I really thought I wasn't getting that phone. And then we, we made a proposition. Right. But like... I felt like the communication with that situation could have been improved. This is just an example. Yeah. So we get to so we get to points in our communication where we butt heads, yes. and then you had described. Did you say at one point um, I back off? What do you mean? I don't know. I thought um, you've told me before that like I just oh, don't oh, want to talk about it. Yeah. You. Well, sometimes like it'll it'll build up so much that you kind of. Now, you get really frustrated and then kind of you're like, no, I'm not doing this. Like, mm-hmm. you're not listening. It's not happening. And you you have this idea in your mind. I'm like, mom, can you please just listen to me for five seconds? Like, please. And it's just that we both have our set mindsets. Like, we're both we both kind of think that we're we're right, you know. And it's like one of those things where our communication obviously needs to be fixed. But I'm talking about that that buildup mm-hmm. too that we definitely need to work on. And kind of that fixed mindset, I guess. And so what would I, in your opinion, now because some time has passed, there's sort of less, um, I'm less hostile on the subject and I can sort of. <laughs> We're talking look, about it, which is nice. Look this in retrospect, open. which we did actually right before we made a situation no, no, we where we she had to yep. earn the phone. But that was, it took like three times, three outbursts for us to get to that place yeah. where. Um, it usually does. It fight a couple times and then we're like all right let's talk about this (laughs) and so what would it take for me to um for for me to kind of uh how do i want to word this um for me to know best or or for me to kind of get away from the fact that i think i know best let's do it that way yeah well i think it's a little bit of, of both of us like when it comes to communication it's it's not like a one person thing you know we we both have to kind of adapt um but talking about it and having you know that sometimes I feel like you already have exactly what you want to happen in your mind like you're like no like it's like a set no it's not happening and I think when we did talk about it breaking it down and then you actually giving me it I was kind of surprised but I think that's (laughs) a step like what just also me then not having a set mindset when I'm like doing the dishes or you ask me to do something I'm like I don't want to do that like no. right <laughs> so that was so that the listeners understand one of the compromises we came up with was that if Taylor continued to do the dishes without me being at without being asked over and over that <laughs> was one of the ways that she could earn the phone so she had to prove it by doing the dishes two weeks without me having to ask her and then she keeps it by 
getting up and doing the dishes. And sometimes, in, we, we've even worked it out, sometimes I only have to ask her once, but it's the constant asking and asking yeah. and asking. But that was definitely a, a compromise. Yeah, and th- that I feel like that's where we, we, ne- we need to get to points of compromise because if it's that stalemate, nothing's happening. There's no, that's not good for anyone. That's just going to make things worse. Um, so it's, I think it would just make things so much less difficult if we were able to, we both have to make sacrifices, obviously. Um, what do you think gets us past the point where it's a stalemate in your mind? Mm. Well, it definitely comes down to multiple outbursts. Like we fight about it like three times and then it's usually you, well, you then come to me and you're like, Hey, let's talk about this. Um, and I don't want to say, hey, let's fight three times so that we can then <laughs> talk about this because that's obviously not what I want. So, right. So let's go the opposite. What would it take for it to the first time we have the discussion? We're kind of, you know, going back and forth. What would it take? How could I better approach you? Hmm. Or how could you change your approach? Because it is a two way. Right. Like sometimes I think we should be able to have like a starting I don't know, like starting point. If I was like, "Hey, like, what can we do to compromise with this?" That you would know? be a great way for you to approach me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you just stepped into that one. That's fantastic. Great. Now every time we're gonna have, "Hey, what can I do?" <laughs> I would love that. Um, yeah. I mean, I just feel like re- fix working on preventing that fixed mindset, kind of being more open to different things, like even i'm like hey can i go for a run you're like no you gotta go in the neighborhood i'm like what can we do because we've got it i i can't do this anymore the neighborhood the endless loops i just don't know what to do like so maybe i figure out if i try running with mitch again or something or i've got my phone with me all the time which i usually do but i don't know just certain things that like we're stuck on to kind of Mix it up. So that's see what a, happens. That's a good example of something we can work on next is right. you running because I don't like Taylor to run by herself. Um, and so right now, obviously, during quarantine, it's really challenging to find other students to run with. So she's been running with her brother, but that hasn't been working out. <laughs> that worked for about a month. Um, <laughs> and But so there's a place for us to work on this yeah. new method. Now, let me ask you. So you. We came up with something for you where mm-hmm. you can ask, start but with a different question. Yeah. What, what do you, what's something that I can do that will contribute positively to uh, the conversation? And we've got two minutes. All so. right. Okay. All right. I can make this quick. If, if you were to just be more open to certain things, like if I, if I do everything right, all right, I'm going to go on a run today. I'm going to come back alive. <laughs> and then if we can talk about this again, right? Like that. You know, I hope that I could just go for a run and not really have to be some in the neighborhood. Like, that's the worst. All right, know. so 30 seconds. What can I do? I don't know. Be open. That's okay. Me. Okay. Be open. Be open. All yes. right. Be open. All right. So that is something that we've got to come up with because sometimes I don't realize I'm not being open. So maybe it's a pattern interrupt mm-hmm. so that I can start to realize when I'm being closed-minded or fixed-minded. Great yes. language, mm-hmm. Taylor. Um, so... 
this has been super fun. Obviously, I love having you in the station with me. Thank you for tonight. And thank you for listening um, to the show. All of the listeners out there, do parents really know best? As always, I love hearing your thoughts on the episode. Please visit Own Your Truth with Laura T. Facebook page and give your feedback. Again, a special thank you to Taylor for coming <laughs> in. Um, and I'm off next Sunday for Memorial Day weekend. And I have to announce today, it's with a heavy heart, that um, I have one more show on WICC. I know. I love the radio and have appreciated my time here at WICC. And it's time for a change. So in the meantime, you can catch future shows and listen to past episodes on the Own Your Truth Authority podcast. Search iTunes and subscribe to get everything uh, automatically delivered to your favorite device. Please join me May 31st for my final show on WICC. Until then, stay healthy. Hear you next time. Remember to respect your parents. They're awesome. Oh, I love Taylor. Respect your parents. They're awesome. Seating program was paid for by LMT Consulting LLC, who is solely responsible for its content. WICC Bridgeport, WEPE HD2 Westport, W.